On today's episode of Back of the Bird, we sit down with Kyle Rubish of the San Diego Seals to discuss his legendary career in the NLL and Junior A uh, and through all walks of lacrosse. We also chat about some recent retirements and a little Donnie show and tell. Going to want to tune in to the video on Spotify or YouTube for this one. This is episode 101 of Back of the Bird. Run, baby, run. If you want to sign, this is it. You're mad, your magic, you're as hard as a gun. You want to play with fire, consider this. You'll chase the thrill if it's worth it. Cause you never ever want to work for it. Take your first ride and run, baby, run. Okay, we're back. Episode 101 of Back of the Bird. I guess we can't really do numbers anymore. Yeah, we're uh, out of guys. We're out of guys. Um, so, shout out to all the guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, presented by Cottage Springs. As always, um, get out there. Get your Springsies going. Um, Donnie's got the shirt on. That's a nice shirt. Um, I think that I think that might be a Team LTD product, too. Bang. Um, yeah, so go shop the merch. Go check it out. Go shop our merch too. Why don't you? Fifteen um, percent off with code BOTB fifteen. Um, but we got a good one coming this week. Kyle Rubish. Um, nice. We had a nice long chat with him. But uh, let's just kick it over. Just uh, the gruesome twosome, Donnie and I. Polly's busy right now. But Donnie, what's going on with you? Yeah, I'm. I'm great, man. I'm. <clears throat> I'm better than great, actually. I'm uh, getting to play lacrosse this week with oh. buddies for real. Keeping score this week uh i'm restless i haven't been sleeping all week i'm excited i want to play uh want to nice. get to vancouver kick it off um you know yeah it's short short flight to start it out eh? the short flight hey i'll take the sh- i'll take the long flight for no customs i'll, I'll i don't mind that fair i'll, I'll take that fair. trade i'll take that trade so and vancouver is a kick-ass city man it's it's yeah it's an awesome trip it's one of the best trips uh on it's our a, schedule a- and is the girlfriend coming? No. no. No, she can't make it. I'm going to Denver after the game, though, on Saturday. So get to be there next week. And, um, yeah, it's just business. I got my grandparents live in uh, live in Vancouver. My uncle lives in uh, Duncan, British Columbia, which is on the island. And, and my dad's uh, coming out for the game. So Your dad's flying back from Bali to go straight to, to Vancouver. Vancouver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unbelievable. What a, He's I mean... going to be the walking wounded. Speaking of my dad, Dan, I told you that I had something planned for this episode. I've actually been meaning to do this for a while. Oh boy! And just haven't been home. So, uh, my dad, well, still, but when I was young, had a bad habit of buying random lacrosse shit uh, at every step of the schedule. So I have a vintage NLL jersey collection that I think rivals most. Okay. And it's actually in the news recently. The NLL Unbox is going back to Montreal for the first time since 2002. Yeah. And the Express played one season in 2002. I was four years old. I am the owner. Oh, my of a, God. Of a Montreal Express kid size jersey. Wait, what is that logo? It's, uh. Is that, it looks like a Pokemon. Know. Yeah. And if you're not, that's amazing. YouTube, get subscribed to YouTube. 
Yeah, this is great podcast listening for those driving in the car. <laughs> Let's so go that, through every every jersey you've got. <laughs> I got some. I got some random ones. And that brings me to my next. We talk uh, about Dan Dawson on the last episode. I'm the you owner sting of an Arizona <laughs> Sting children size jersey. I'm not gonna put oh. these on because I'd rip them, and that's a sight no one needs to see. But those, that's a, that's sting nice last, quality. They last played in 2006, I believe. I was eight, and I have wow. a jersey. Okay. Go to the next one. Uh, well, we're going to do a, a – uh, this one I'm just going to flash quick because it's not that cool. Uh, or not that it's cool, but I, I have still to play against them. Calgary Roughnecks. Kill- oh, Zion boo. Boo. We, we're playing – I'm playing them this weekend, Donnie. Bad omen. There's a, there's a cheerleader signature on the back with a heart on it. Oh. Sup? Still got it. <laughs> still got it. <laughs> I'll go this one quick too because I also have to play against them, but limited edition Reebok before Joel Watson put them out of business. Red Toronto Rock jersey. These are pretty. Oh, sick. the notes, the music notes on there. Mm-hmm. And then my last one that I also feel the Sting Express. I feel confident I'm the only one that has those. My last one is a not Georgia, but a Minnesota Swarm. Wow. OG. That's also so a funny. kid size. The kid my, size makes these even better. My dad kept ProJoy uh, in business. Clearly, <laughs> uh, wasn't enough for to keep these franchises in business, uh, evidently. But yeah, so they yeah. took the money and ran from the yeah. jerseys. And the next jersey I got was was uh, after this rock one, which I want to see if it has a year on it. It's it's CCM with the old. It's look at that Reebok, and then if you turn it up. that's amazing Um, and then the next jersey i got after this one uh was my own jersey from panther city so wow uh, yeah can't call me van wagner can't call me i've been this you've been been bouncing around yeah my dad's been spending stupid money on this for a long time yeah it's not new (laughs) we've been doing this no we've been doing this and uh yeah that's awesome um what a collection. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess on, on my end, I don't have a cool jersey collection, but I've got a stupid dress shirt on and we're still grinding grinding at the office here. But um, dude, so I got to tell a little funny little, I mean, something I've tried today, which was a unique experience. We had this guy um, from one of our offices in the Czech Republic was here and he brought this gum from the Czech Republic that it's a hundred milligrams of caffeine in each piece of gum. (laughs) I have been chewing this stuff today. It's been, (laughs) I have been loving my job today. So it's, uh, this might be the new thing. I try to just like take this gum and try one out for like the game. Um, but, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been great. So been doing that and drinking coffee. So we got the jitters a little bit here. Um, but, and I've got to go. I'm I'm headed over to our our beloved Raptors game here shortly. Um, so nice little evening on tap. But is there? Uh, I know we we had a couple things kind of going on in the league. We had the we put it out on our Instagram. But the league's new branding um, with the the next major league. Um, I I, I kind of love it. Um, I think it's a I think it's a good idea. They went with like a little retro type theme to it. It almost looks like. What do you think about it? Yeah, it's cool. It's it's actually. Um... It's got a little bit of like a NASCAR theme to it too, with 
obviously that's where fruit's coming from. I, I think it's fun. I think that's what we need more of is, you know, I don't know if we need to look like every other league. I think we need to look fun and new and especially to, to young folks. So yeah, I dig it. And also love how they're promoting uh, our stars. I, I think the culture of the NLL from a locker room perspective uh, isn't always um, conducive to that, but having that graphic that we share on Instagram with, with Dane and, and Dixon and Teeter and, I think Del Bianco and um, forgetting who the last one was. It was all back the bird guess, but it's cool to see those guys uh, front and center and and see the best player in, his, in our league uh, get their face out there. Yep, I love it. I think it's um, great. Um, go ahead. What else we got? Retirements, uh, a whole bunch of them, and we've kind of skipped over uh, some of them. So, you know, we've done a deep dive on. Uh, we or we talked a little bit about Dan Dawson back in the summertime. Uh, Brody Merrill, obviously, we just had him on the show. Sean Evans, we'll have to try to connect with him for real this time, um, you know, and not throw out the audio uh, <laughs> as we look back on 100 episodes. But uh, he just retired. Also, uh, Brett Manny retired this offseason. Uh, Curtis Manning did. Dan McRae did. We obviously had Dan on the show as well. Kieran McCardle, we just mentioned. Uh, Matt Rambo, I'm not sure if that's an official retirement or you know, maybe just taking a little bit of, uh, taking the year off. Um, you know, he certainly has a lot of lacrosse left in him. So, uh, and, oh, and Reese Dutch, we ha also had him on the show. So we've had a couple of them on, but, um, you know, just wanted to mention those guys, especially, uh, Sean Evans, who just retired this week. Absolute legend, uh, of the NLL top 10 games played top 10 goals, uh, points, assists, and also, I believe, I'm trying to pull it up right now, I believe top 10 in penalty minutes too, which is uh, a crazy, crazy record. Yeah, I think he was trying to, to work his way up that list last uh, last <laughs> year in Vancouver. I think if you looked at those games he played last year, there might have been a 10-minute misconduct in the fourth quarter in every single one of them. So he was he was doing his best to keep uh, to keep climbing the ladder there. But yeah, congrats to Shawnee and all those guys. Um, unbelievable, man. I still, still remember growing up um, – my oldest brother was traded to Six Nations in his last year of junior when they hosted the Minto Cup, and um, they played Peterborough in in uh, in the Ontario Finals and beat them, and then were hosting hosting the Minto there in Six Nations, and and just couldn't stop Shawnee, and and Shawnee ended up you know just taking over and and winning the Minto Cup for for Peterborough, and then <laughs> Nation solved the problem the best way they could and went out and got Shawnee for the next season and gave him uh, everything they needed to give him to get him there, so. Um, yeah, really special player. Some of the craziest things I've seen done in the game, um, whether it's skill or, or madness, we're both that guy. So, um, yeah, crazy competitor, awesome, awesome guy. Uh, yeah, we definitely got to get him back on here for a third time, um, despite nobody hearing the first two. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, I don't, outside of that, is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we send it over to Rubes? Nope, uh, nope. No. Uh Huge shout out to Rubes for coming on. Super insightful guy. Always, I said this about, uh, I say this about a lot of our guests, but I, I really appreciate when our guests have uh, just a really sharp memory of their time. And, and every story Rubes told was like it happened yesterday. Just a really cool recollection of his, uh, his time in the game. So I uh, appreciate no him doubt. coming on. And, and yeah, I think it's another great interview and, and appreciate all of our fans, uh, listeners, and, and also all of our guests. We've been on a bit of a heater here. So. Um, no doubt. I appreciate everyone for coming on. Yep. All right. So here is brought to you by Lucky Penny Media. At Lucky Penny Media, we're a full service marketing company without hefty agency pricing. We understand your brand is everything to you. And when working together, it means everything to us. You're more than just a client. 
your partner and a teammate. Our philosophy is simple. You grow, I grow, we grow. So here he is, the Lucky Penny interview, Kyle Rubish. All right, we're pleased to announce this Brampton, Ontario native. He played junior A for his hometown, Brampton Excelsiors, where he got to spend a couple of years with myself. After that, he attended Dowling College in New York before being selected the second overall selection of the 2010 NLL Draft for the Boston Blazers. After the Blazers folded, he was sec- selected with the second overall selection in the 2011 Dispersal Draft to the Edmonton Rush. For the Russ organization, he played 11 seasons, making five trips to the finals, winning three championships from 2012 to 2015. He owned the Defensive Player of the Year Award, winning the award four times in a row this offseason. He made big splash and signed in San Diego, where he ultimately signed and set to compete for the Seals in the upcoming season. Welcome to Back of the Bird, Cal Rubish. What's up, buddy? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Pumped to be on. Thanks for coming on. Another uh, another one of our white whales, man. I'm glad I got to run into you in, in van. We got to catch up a bit. But uh, this one's long overdue, especially, uh, I mean, we'll get into it, but you've been getting dragged through the mud on uh, all the Orangeville <laughs> brands and mental. Oh yeah, dagger left, right, and center. Yeah, I, I listened to the pod, so I, I've heard it all. So I'm happy. Corbs to... put up a noble fight. Corbs, Corbs did what he could, but he he needs backup. I think. Yeah, that was a long time ago, but I think I remember it pretty well still. So I can <laughs> I can give my side of the story. Well, let's just I mean let's just get into it right away. Just let's clear some air here. Let's get let's get your <laughs> you know clear some air here because again, like you said, we're you're taking daggers from. From from all sides, it wasn't even your fault. Well, refresh my memory. Was it was it Suits that told the the story originally, or it was Suits that told the story? So, you guys are in in the Ontario final or the Minto? No, final? this was yeah Minto final. Minto. So yeah, you guys played in the Ontario's and you both went to Minto because you guys were hosting it. And then oh, and oh. welcome to Odd <laughs> Daniel Loma. Hey, buddy. you're there we're, we're right in the thick of things here buddy um so yeah then uh you guys call the illegal the legal pads on rosie so suits goes in with rosie you yeah. go in and then uh, i guess take it from there yeah basically uh we we're kind of it was game three of the mental finals and it was kind of a desperation play to try to get a power play <laughs> and uh I, I remember it was just me suits Rosie and I think it was just one ref in there and he brings out the measuring stick and he's I they asked me what what leg <laughs> I'm just like uh I think bees our coach at the time Brian Beasel told me the right or left leg and I just remember Rosie saying wrong one Rubes and I was just like oh that's not good and then all I remember really after that is just suits running out on the floor like a maniac waving his stick and the orangeville crowd going crazy and that was kind of that kind of sealed the deal for us uh that's fuck that's hilarious so there was no uh what suit said rosie said wrong leg bitch or something yeah like I, I don't think there was a, a bitch comment there could have been it was it was a pretty uh, intense moment but it was also what, like back in 2009 so uh it's definitely a better story with him calling me a bitch but uh, <laughs> I, just, I just remember wrong one and then uh suits just taking off and swinging his stick and for the crowd 
Oh, that's amazing. Well, all right, well, we'll get that out of the way, but let's, uh, let's start at the beginning, buddy. Growing up in Brampton, how do you, how do you start playing lacrosse? Yeah, I just, I was uh, kind of a hockey guy growing up all the way. And then uh, I was playing baseball when I was young and quickly changed over to lacrosse because all the hockey guys were doing it. And yeah, it just, there was a rich history in Brampton with, uh, with lacrosse at that time. And um, yeah, I kind of just worked my way up playing, switching from A teams to B teams in Brampton. And then finally kind of coming in my own and being kind of a staple on the A teams with uh, some, some good teams back in the day. And yeah, that kind of led me to junior A with with Brampton, and yeah, the rest is pretty history. No, no, uh, no crazy story. Just uh, my my dad didn't play lacrosse. He he was never really uh, he was a hockey guy too. So um, it was kind of new for our family, and yeah, it kind of just took off. Because um, you guys, like, I remember just because I got trade, I got traded your first your guys' first year, but I remember like hearing about that '88 group that you guys were like really good, right? Like it obviously was like you, Dill, Dill was like a stud in, in minor and stuff. Like he, he kind of fell off to, in June. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love, I love that you said that. Uh, yeah, Dill, Dill was obviously like a superstar at Brampton Lacrosse. We had like Ryan McClellan, who you played yeah. with. He was, yeah. uh, which is, we were playing with his little brother last year, Connor. Yeah, I know. It's wild. That's wild. But uh, yeah, then like uh, Tyler Carlson, who, who was a, our goalie yeah. the whole way up and um i'm sure i'm missing guys but uh yeah ryan and dylan were kind of like the the stars of brampton lacrosse growing up the the one thing i remember and i, I again we talk about memory and obviously my memory is about as good as a goldfish probably due to multiple punches to the head but like when you when you came in were you not an offensive guy in junior like were you not running our power play for a bit yeah, I started playing offense. I was in midget. I was going out the back door, but then playing the top of the power play, <laughs> which was kind of weird. And then, uh, yeah, I played junior B for Mimico my first year. I didn't make the the Brampton A team, so I played offense for for Mimico. And then, uh, yeah, when I first came in for Brampton, I was kind of playing both. And um, yeah, <laughs> I got quickly moved to the the back door. Uh, not not too long after that, and, and stayed there. That's hilarious, man. I thought so. Nice memory, yeah. Paulie. There's, there's some, there's some locked away in there somewhere. Then <laughs> um, how do you, how do you get to Dowling? Because there's a bit of a, there's a bit of a pipeline of, of Brampton boys in Dowling, right? There's you, Johnny Blue, McClure. Um, who else was down there? Uh, Ryan Campbell went there. Yeah. Dill went there for a year. Um, there was a bunch of whippy guys, Kyle O'Brien, Nick Cotter, uh, Dylan McDougal went there for a little bit. Uh, he was my roommate for, for a year, but, uh, yeah, the now defunct Dallin college that, uh, no longer oh, exists. No, more? no. Oh. Uh, I, I'm sure Chris Corbeil, he rags me all the time about it. Corbs is like, so you technically don't have a degree then I'm like, well, technically no, the school, the school shut down. So he always loves to bring that up, but yeah, the school, um, they kind of just, they were more of a commuter school on Long Island. And I think the enrollment just went way down and there was some mismanagement of money, I think. And they just kind of had to close the doors. But uh, at the time, no, we were like a pretty strong D2 team. And uh, when Dill was there, he, they actually went to the national finals. I was he was say, there. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought you guys went to a couple finals and stuff. 
Yeah, so he he was there in 05, maybe, when they went to the finals. And then, um, yeah, like me in high school, like, <laughs> let's say I didn't apply myself that much and I, I didn't really get too many offers. Uh, um, yeah, so Dowling kind of came knocking. And, um, yeah, Dill was planning on going back, but then he kind of decided to enter the draft early. And he didn't get drafted but i guess he gave up his eligibility to go back to school so i was like oh sweet i'm gonna go to school with one of my good buddies but then he couldn't go back and yeah i just um we had some good teams in d2 we went to semifinals one year and 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 lost there but uh yeah it was kind of random how i went there but like you said there's a pipe uh, line of of canadian guys that went there that is i didn't i didn't realize it obviously worked out till had a a great NOL career, but I had no idea he did the old forego, no pickup. That's got to be a stressful time in his life. Hey, so I have to, I have to bring this up too because he was all over me. But uh, we brought up the one pod like uh, free agent tryouts, like not even like getting signed as a free agent, like open tryout. And Dill was a guy that made it through open tryouts to Rochester, so we have to give him. After I just shit on him at the start of this, we have to give him the props. He didn't get drafted, so that is as a bit of a dagger. But he, he grinded his way and made a team and, and grind. That's enough about him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No more. For, for, in him, his defense, his I think tire pump. we gave him his tire pump, saying that he was a superstar when he was young. That's all we need from him. Yeah. In his defense, I think he entered two years early too. So we'll give him that. Yeah. Yeah. Two years later, he's getting picked first overall. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, where was, uh, I guess for you, like kind of after, after your time at school, where, what, do you remember the draft and like where it was and kind of leading up to it? Yeah. So I went to school, um, second semester as a freshman. So I kind of went right down there and this, the season was going on, uh, right away. So I just kind of got thrown into it. So I had to go back to school to finish my degree, which, is kind of pointless now considering the school doesn't exist, but um, <laughs> uh, I had to go back for one more semester. So I was actually on my way back to school when the draft was about to happen. And it was just, um, I think it was at the, the Weston or yeah, Weston Harbor Castle in downtown. So I kind of watched it uh, online and I kind of knew where I was going. I, I was playing with like Cosmo and, Josh Sanderson and and Dan uh, for the Excelsiors at that time. And they were kind of just like, yeah, Boston's taking you number two. So, yeah, kind of anticlimactic for, for the draft for me. Um, but before the draft, like, again, we kind of talked about, like, you playing offense and then went back to the D-door. And I remember talking to my brother when um, you, you started playing senior. Because, again, like, I kind of knew you as, like, an old guy. But then my, my bro was like, Dan's like, hey, you got to see this Rubish guy. Like, he's shutting down Junior in in the John Grant Junior in, like, majors. And I was like, Rubish, like, he's an unreal. He's like, dude, he is sick. So, like, kind of take us through, and obviously, like, well, your career, you know, stands for itself. But, like, when did you make that transition to, like, becoming, like, or, like, feel like you're becoming, like, this elite defender? Yeah, I was always more kind of a D guy first, but uh, like I said, on our midget team, we were a little thinner on on the O end. And then later in junior A, I was strictly D. And um, yeah, kind of at school, I was just kind of our go-to long pole guy. And 
um, yeah, I kind of just shifted my game to be more of a lockdown D guy. And like you said, my first year of uh, senior A, I was like covering like Tavares and, and, and John Grant. And I was like Dan said to you, I was doing pretty good against these guys. So I was kind of like, okay, like let's keep, let's keep going with this. And yeah, obviously it, uh, it worked out just being a strict D guy. Is that, is that when you mastered the, uh, guys doing the face dodge just doing the old fucking <laughs> check right through them or what the one-handed check yeah oh my, my arch my arch nemesis I think it, was like, it was like early early game in my rookie year everyone's like don't go under don't go under i'm like wow there's a ton of room under there i'm gonna go under just fucking ball flies into into the stands i'm embarrassed running off tough it was a tough start yeah, it's actually funny because this this past weekend in San Diego, we were having a practice and one of the younger guys tried to go underneath and I kind of got him with that check and Dobes goes right up to him. He's like, you don't go down the lane with on that move. I was like, <laughs> and Dobes is just like, give him the eyes. He's like, you don't do that. I can't remember yeah. who it was, but Dobes was like right in there telling him about it. It's like the uh, Billy Madison just fucking shaking his face. Don't you ever <laughs> do that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Who uh, who went first in the draft? Who went number one? Uh, Cody. Okay, yeah. So, you, so again, it was pretty like a foregone conclusion. Cody was going to go number one to Roch, and then you playing with with Cause and stuff. You knew you were going to go to Boston. Okay. Yeah. Just Dixon adding went, adding in there. Um, yeah, I was sorry. Sorry to cut you out there, Kyle. But yeah, Dixon went three. So you know, three kind of league uh, franchise league altering players. There, one, two, three. Um, who all played a long time for, for their franchises, obviously. Yeah, a couple yeah. of decent for sure. Yeah, and like you said, it was kind of mapped out. Like, Cody was going to Roch, and I was an East guy, and Dix was a West guy for Calgary. So, like, one, two, three was kind of mapped out, and I think all three of us kind of knew where we're ending up that year. So, let's go um, – so, let's go that first year at Boston, because obviously I was there two years prior, and obviously, like, people always ask me, like, you know your your favorite place to play, and and Boston's always up there. But we were we were living down there, and I think when you came in again, money was getting a little bit tighter, so everyone was flying in. But how was uh, how was the first year in the league for you? Yeah, I love Boston. It was a great time. Uh, yeah, money was getting a little bit thinner. Um, we were all flying in from Buffalo, except for a, a select few guys like. Uh, your brother and, and yeah and cause and shooter so those guys are flying from toronto and all the young guys had to drive to buffalo and, and flying from there but uh, no i love boston like it it, it kind of was unfortunate that i only played one year there but um we had we had a strong fan fan base it was just i think the money was starting to kind of dwindle and, and they kind of had to make a decision on the rink and how expensive things were getting but um no, I, I love I love Boston. I loved uh, that whole season. And that's when, uh, and again, kind of cool, like, as a young kid, like, that's when my brother was there, Shooter, Casey, that's when they made all those big trades. So kind of, like, pretty cool to play with, like, all those legends as well, right? And Cause, obviously, in that. Like, how was it with those guys in the room? Yeah, that was obviously amazing. Like, Dan was actually my first roommate, so uh, I got to learn the ropes from him. And uh, how many friends you get you with? 
<laughs> the first morning I remember being uh, woken up with like a cold iron on my chest thinking it was like on <laughs> and like me freaking out. And he's just like, all right. Yeah. Like, welcome. Like, this is going to be a, a year of hell for you, basically. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, just kind of being under his wing as such a young guy and Cosmo and Shooter and Casey was there too, right? Casey Powell. Yeah. I, I remember actually, uh, I made the All-Star game that year and it was in Turning Stone, up, upstate New York. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I think Casey flew up or something, but Josh uh, drove his minivan. He drove us all down there and it was like Josh driving Cosmo and Shotgun, Dan, Casey, and then me and Josh's son at the time, um, who was probably like seven, Cam, um, who I think is about to go to Penn State. Um, me and him in the way back. And I was just like, I relate more to you than these guys right, right now, basically. <laughs> I'm like, what are you? 64 or something. Yeah, yeah. Talking about video games and like these legends are driving me down to the All-Star game as a rookie. So, uh, yeah, it was obviously cool kind of be on the team with those guys and, and kind of just learning from them and, and experiencing that as a, as a rookie. Um, so just to cap off Boston, like I obviously like, was there any talk that year? Like when did you find out like Blazers were folding or kind of like how'd that all go down for you? Yeah, I think it was the summer going into that season. They were starting to get word that uh, the, the team was going to fold. Um, I think it was, we actually made it to the man cup that year in 2011 and or maybe i'm getting mixed up it might have been the year after but it was the summer kind of leading up that everyone was like okay like i think boston's gonna fold and there's there's gonna be a dispersal draft here and everyone's gonna go their their opposite ways we lose polly no sorry i was just i just went up there um <laughs> please keep that in i've never seen you look i thought we, that was amazing you're that was you're amazingly still there <laughs> i thought yeah, it froze awesome. yeah no nah, keep you guys on your toes yeah, um i like that and then take us through that dispersal draft then um obviously edmonton picks you but like who are you talking to like how'd that all go down yeah, like I think if my memory serves me right, it was actually right before the Man Cup because I remember, um, well, like I just mentioned all those guys that we had. So I was like, I have no idea where I'm going to go. And um, I guess because I was a bit younger that uh, Derek Keenan kind of saw that he could get me for, for years down the line, basically. So I actually went second behind Dan, like in front of like Shooter and Cosmo and, and Casey. And... Um, I remember we were at in Langley at the, at the man cup and Derek called me. He's like, yeah, like we have, like, we took you like, welcome to the team. And he's like, I'm actually working on a trade for your, your buddy, Chris Corbeil. And we were like in Langley together at the hotel. I'm like, that would be pretty sweet. And then, uh, yeah, Dilksy was on our team in Boston and, and they took him in the second round too. So within like, two weeks of this dispersal draft and trades we had uh me cords and dilty all going to edmonton that's unreal it was uh your memory does serve you right because 2011 i was in victoria and that's when you guys went on that like magical run and end up winning the man cup yeah 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 uh, so it was all it was all right around then yeah donnie you have the list for the draft yeah so dispersal draft uh so this is 
September 9th, uh, 2011. So Dan Dawson won, uh, Rubish two to Edmonton, Cosmo three, San- Josh Anderson four, uh, Mike Kirk, Kevin Buchanan, Nick Rose to Calgary at seven, uh, Jamie Rooney, Greg Downing, uh, John Orson, Ryan Dilks down a little bit more, Mitch Belisle, Casey Powell, Damon e- uh, Edwards, um, just uh, down a little bit more, uh, Dan Teat, Brett Queener, uh, just like a, a, but like that, That's those kind of first list. ten guys, like you know, just a really impressive, you know, list of talent of all, some all-time names in there. Yeah, like we had a good team too. Like we were, we were competitive. We just kind of ran into a, a Buffalo team. I remember in the playoffs, and obviously John Tavares kind of did his thing and kind of just knocked us out there. But uh, yeah, we only kind of had one year at it. Well, when I was there, only one year at it, and it was just uh, it all went pretty quick, and everyone was was in a dispersal draft uh, after one season. That's and I mean that year you go in. So I guess so. Your first season with with the rush was 2012. Yeah, and I mean you guys go you guys go six and ten, <laughs> but then just grind your way and and kind of peak at the right time to get to the finals. What was that season like? Yeah, that was uh, that was the weird year. I remember we were struggling uh, a lot, most of the year, and then I remember like our owner at the time bruce urban i remember him came coming into the the dress room at one time kind of letting us know like things got to change and then all of a sudden we kind of went on a run and when playoffs started i I think like we played minnesota in the semis and we won like 18 to 3 or something like that like just smoked them and then uh we played rochester the first year that rochester started their dynasty and we're up i think uh maybe three or four goals at halftime and Cody kind of went off in the second half and kind of the game got away from us. But yeah, we were, we were not a good team in the regular season, but kind of went on a run and made the finals. And that was kind of our first sniff uh, with the rush in a championship game. Yeah. And then, sorry, go Danny. Yeah. I was just gonna, I mean, after you guys kind of get that taste and um, obviously you have a full year of, of, you mentioned like Corbeil yourself, Dilks, um, I believe Cornwall came in then too. Um, yeah, yeah, we traded for Jeff too. So you guys all get that year under your belt, and then you know the next year, Matthews, Snyder come in, and do you think kind of playing that year together, you know, establishing yourselves and coming together as a team, and then adding those pieces, like, did it just feel different going into that next year? Yeah, definitely. Like like you said, we drafted Mark one and Nighter was a high first rounder and they came into the league and those two guys were like instantly ready to play, ready to be to be studs in this league. Um, 2013, we were a good team, but I think we lost the stealth in the playoffs. And um, but it kind of like started the groundwork of, of what we have as a core and a younger core now. Right. With all these guys and 2014 came around and I think we drafted Churchy. So add him to the mix. And uh, I think that was like a historic year. I think we won like 16 and two or something like that. And we were like feeling good and ran into a Calgary team that just had our number and kind of knocked us out of the playoffs, like playing them like so many times over the years. It was just, it was so hard to get over the hump playing against them. It's this guy, Donnie, did you send him our show notes? Cause he's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> say, it's really impressive. Like, yeah, that's a great memory. I mean, yeah, I'm a that. bit of a lacrosse nerd. I'm not going to lie. 
I like that. That's good. It makes uh, makes our job nice and easy. We don't even have to read off the the notes. You're just reciting all these records. It's unbelievable. But what was uh, we we kind of talked. We actually, um, you know, we're doing this on on a Thursday. Last night, um, we interviewed Brody Merrill, and he talked about kind of like when you're on really good a really good team and things are going. It's like winning feels easy. Like did it when when you guys were going through that season? Was it just like you, you start to get that confidence and it's like you're going into the game just like we're going to win this game and stomp teams kind of thing? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It kind of was that feeling. We were just. We were just like, yeah, we can just uh, kind of show up here and things should go good for us. We were we were a very light group. Like, we like to have, have fun and we didn't take things too much too serious. But when things did go bad, we knew how to kind of lock it in and, and dial things up. But, yeah, for a few years there, it was, it was just like, yeah, we're going to show up to the rink and do our thing and and, and things should go, should go well for us. And then, uh, yeah, I, I like – kind of to that point do you guys are all still pretty young at that point too which kind of makes sense like being loose and whatnot but then like that next year you guys get over the hump so like what kind of changes in 2015 like obviously you go to the finals like first year maybe lightning in a bottle but then you have like a great year and then now like the foundation is laid so like kind of 2015 what changes for you guys to get over that hump and actually win yeah, 2015. I think we draft Benny Mack that year. I think he won his, his first year. He won a, a championship. So, right there, those names I listed. Kind of, you have a, a young core of offensive players, and then we had a, a young D. You add in Nick Billich and John Lafontaine and Sorketti, etc. Midski, right? So, um, Boldy, like the list goes on. So we we had a good team, and um, yeah, like. I just remember the playoffs. They were like, "Oh yeah, here comes Calgary again. Like we got to get over this hump." And uh, we uh, back then it was the mini game, and I think we lost in a mini game the year before to Calgary. Yeah, we definitely did. And then this time we're like, "Oh, here we go again. Like mini game against Calgary. What's going to happen here?" Because as you know, it's just a crapshoot when it comes to that. But uh, yeah, we got over the hump and made it to the finals, and we're like, "Okay, we can actually do this." And once you once you get there and you kind of feel feel like you can do it again and again. It's it's a good feeling. And I remember that 2015 kind of Mark just went on a different level. That's one of the best performances I've ever seen he, him in 2015. And he kind of just put us on our on his on his back. And yeah, the rest is history. What was the uh, what was that celebration like? Do you remember that vividly? Yeah, yeah, I remember most of it. We the whole team stayed an extra night, and um, they had hookups for concerts and stuff. So I think there was uh, Imagine Dragons, and uh, that Metric. is an absolute unbelievable. That's an amazing concert to go to. Yeah, and Metric and Imagine Dragons. So the whole team stayed, and yeah, the boys partied pretty good. And then a week later, uh, Bruce Urban flew the whole team down to Vegas to celebrate. That's what, so Mark, Mark, Mark must have got wind of what was going to happen with the celebration. And then he just said, you know what, boys, hop on. We're, yeah. We're, we're going to Vegas and nobody's stopping me. Not a bad move by the owner to tell him Vegas, uh, Vegas is, is, is down the line if you win for us. So that got him motivated. That's for sure. <laughs> and then, uh, the funny thing is, well, not the funny thing, but then obviously like the move and we've, we've talked about the move, like with other guys from, from Sask and stuff. So we have to go on that, but then the next year you guys win. And isn't there another trip after you win the next year too? 
Yeah, there was another trip this time to Cancun. I put forward before the before the season or no? Well, yeah, I think it it was kind of like it didn't have to be said, but it, we're like, well, if we went away, one if we won last year and we went away, we'll probably go again this year. So kind of everyone was like, kind of prepping like, hey, <laughs> if we win, where should we go? Like, should we look at? Uh, Vegas again or somewhere else. So I, it was kind of just a, a given that if we win, we're going to have another big party. So I think that was some, some motivation for guys. Definitely. What was, who was your MVP of Cancun? Oh man. Johnny laugh had a, had a good time. Uh, Dilksy had a good time. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, there's some stories that, uh, I'm sure will come out once, once everyone's out of the league, nothing too bad, but just uh yeah some guys had a had a good time for sure any uh any big any big sunburn guys that were down there walking around or what yeah johnny lintz i think like we didn't see him for for a couple days i don't know if he got sunstroke <laughs> or something like that. he was like in his room and we we're like does anyone know where johnny is like i think he just got burnt to burnt to shit and he just kind of just hung out in his room for a few days there to to recover but yeah it was yeah, having a group of twenty-something guys down in Cancun with the trophy, you can you can only imagine. Yeah, what, uh, were you guys doing the clubs like Coco Bongos in the city? What was your favorite one? Because I did my bachelor party in Cancun, and we did. Like... <laughs> What's that, sir? We did the we did the city. It was bananas. But which one was your favorite? Yeah, the city. The city's the one with like the dance floor in the middle, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. a state the coliseum almost yeah yeah that one was pretty crazy like <laughs> yeah we we had the cup on the dance floor and all the guys in the middle and yeah it was that was, like that was the time. People, there's gotta be two thousand people in there yeah that place is it's like on like levels go up right like it's, it's crazy dude yeah i was just at the end of it i'm just, i was just like get me out of here like yeah get me home Everybody's just shaking, just shaking on the flight home. Like, just get, please end this trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And back then, like, I, I think about what how I did it back then. I'm like, there's no way I could do that now. Like, <laughs> it would take me weeks. Yeah, for sure. Um, Polly, Polly, who was on your bachelor party? That was that's like plays lacrosse. I didn't know like, that. That sounds like an episode in its own right. <laughs> no, no, no. Lacrosse guys came in. Um, there was. Oh. So what's that guy from draft day where the, nobody went to his birthday party? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh, like I got a I got a close group of friends. So like my bad my <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> I don't know, my my wedding party was eleven people deep. Oh, it was wow. actually twelve people, I think. So we had we had twenty guys there. But it was all like childhood friends and university friends and stuff like that. My dad and his best buddy came. So listen to this. <laughs> um, quick story. So we're like in the airport. Guys are getting fired up. And then uh, my dad's. My dad would have been. He would have been like seventy years old probably at this point. <laughs> and, his, and his best friend come. He's like, my dad. My dad's like, I'm gonna come, but can I invite my best friend? And my brother's like, yeah, for sure. Like invite Bobby. It's all good. And he's actually a ramping guy. So we're in the airport, like everyone's drinking at like seven in the morning. And then uh, my brother's talking to Bob and then Bob's like, 
he's like, my brother's like, hey, so you excited about going to Mexico? He's like, yeah. He's like, I don't know about this flight though. And brother's like, oh, why not? Like, it's not a big deal. He's like, well, I got vertigo, so I don't, I don't do very well on the flight. So my brother's like, what the? F-? He's like, well, why are you coming then, dude? So my brother comes over. I'm like, five beers deep. He's like. Bobby just told me he's got vertigo. He might not last the flight. I was like, Jesus, dude. That's amazing. The one just guy wait. he brings is a guy that can't fly on the plane. <laughs> he just made wait it. till you get to the city. Yeah, uh, exactly. He didn't. My dad came to the city. My I don't think Bobby did. Um, but, yeah. Bobby was in his hotel room recovering from the flight still. <laughs> he was still in the room with the plane when he got there. When, when he heard the club was compared to the Coliseum, that didn't do it for him. That, no, he heard those levels. Hey, he was he old heard, enough. He probably went to the Coliseum in his heyday, so he's like, I can't go back. <laughs> he heard there was levels in the bar, and he thought he was going to get more Vertigo episodes, so he just said, I'm going to stay. I'll stay at the hotel. Um, getting, getting the train back on track here. So um, you guys win in 2016, and then 17, you guys go back again. Is that right? Yeah, went back and lost to Georgia in the finals that year. We don't even we don't even have to touch on that one. No, uh, no we don't we don't talk about that. <laughs> no, no, we're uh, we're we're gonna move on to the next one. But um, next season, what's when uh, you guys you guys played us and uh, Roch in the final? Yep. What uh, that's that's the first year they brought the new trophy out. I think right. right. Um, what was uh what what do you remember from from that season and the playoff run then yeah like that season we were kind of we're a a little bit more hungry like we won two and then we thought we were going to win three just because that's what we were doing we kind of had that confidence and we lost in 2017 so we came back in 2018 and like every guy kind of had a chip on his shoulder try to get back there and um yeah in 2018 it was obviously a battle against roch and yeah, we won, and I remember after winning, it was the first year with the trophy, and everyone's like, "You can't drink out of it. You can't drink out of it." Like it has that like coating inside, and Mark's like, ah, "I'm sure you can drink." He just grabs it and starts going. <laughs> but what a, uh, what yeah. a way to go down! Lead lead poisoning from winning the NLL title would be an awesome, uh, yeah. an awesome exit. Yeah, I don't think many people could compete with that one. No. That'll be in the memoirs. That's like uh, that Stanley Cup book, like Tales of Stanley Cup. It's at the bottom of the pool. It's like three guys, 10 years later, have like severe lead poisoning from (laughs) (laughs) seven members of the uh, Sask Rush from 2018. Yeah. Of of those three championships, which one was your favorite? I know it's like a tough one, but which one was your favorite? It's probably the first one. Like, Yeah, just being in Edmonton, um, we were there for four years, and it was a grind. And um, yeah, just just getting that first one. And we played the Rock that year, and that was like a team that I went to every game growing up at, at Maple Leaf Gardens, right? So playing against like Shooter and Doyle and, and Bob Watson, I think, was still there at the time. And just these guys that I looked up to and just kind of the hometown team to kind of get over the hump and beat this dynasty that's won the most championships in in nl history it was uh it was definitely special that's unreal yeah maybe maybe walk us through kind of you know obviously after the move um you guys you you obviously loved it in in edmonton but you get to sask and and you guys are are embraced you know pretty well right out of the gate what was it like 
playing in front of that crowd um, every time you guys had a home game and, and, and then, you know, maybe even just kind of touch on what it was like to be in Saskatchewan off the floor. Yeah, it was, it was kind of weird. Like we won a championship and then that summer we're like, yeah, we're moving to Saskatoon and we're like, we're moving to a smaller city with a smaller arena. Like that doesn't sound that good. So I remember like the first game we're like, what kind of turnout are we going to get here? Like, this is, this is going to be interesting. And then obviously like it just became what it was and packed, packed the whole arena the first night and the place was electric and people partying and they fell in love with the game. So yeah, it was amazing being there. It was a uh, crazy atmosphere. And then, like you said, off the floor, like it was kind of cool, like going from Edmonton where obviously the Oilers are there and lacrosse wasn't as big as a thing to like having people kind of recognize you and you go out to a restaurant and people, are you guys Rush members? And it was just kind of cool. It kind of made you feel like uh, a bit more of a professional. And the city was amazing. They just embraced us. And obviously uh, we had uh, some great years there. So kind of moving, obviously moving forward from there, you guys are, you know, competing for the rest of your time there, but we want to, we want to spend um, some time kind of talking about the like trading of like the negotiation rights and um, kind of how all that went down. So like, do you get a call and, and like the conversation starts or how does, how does all this stuff work? Yeah, basically I was a free agent this past summer. So I was kind of weighing my options of what I wanted to do with my family and, um, I think Derek kind of knew that I was going to kind of go to Derek Keenan kind of knew that I was going to go to free agency and, and kind of see what was out there. And they were thinking about going a different route too. obviously getting younger and, um, our, our team was aging, right. So it was kind of that time to kind of retool and, um, yeah, I guess Derek was kind of talking with Pat Merrill and they had a trade for Frankie and Patty kind of wanted me to be in the trade because i did talk to pat last year a little bit but things things just go so fast on that uh free agency day so it's kind of hard to take in all that information so i think patty kind of wanted a little bit more time with my rights the week before uh free agency started to try to explain everything and and kind of go over all the details and yeah it kind of it kind of helped just to kind of have that that full week and kind of take things slow and kind of understand what, what, what would go into the commitment of, of traveling to San Diego. Cause obviously it's not, not a short haul for me. So uh, I think kind of going over all that in a day or two, when you're talking to other teams at the same time is kind of difficult to do. For sure. Um, yeah. Like, and again, I think speaking of free agency and stuff, so you still hit the free agency market or do you sign before free agency hit? No, I still went to free agency and yeah, this year was, this year was kind of weird because the year before I, I wanted, that was the first year in a long time that we missed the playoffs with, with the rush. So I kind of didn't want to end on that. So I kind of, in the back of my head, it was, I went to free agency and kind of, it was the first time I ever kind of spoke to other teams and, and, and did all that. So, but in the back of my head, I was kind of wanting to go back to the rush to kind of try to right the ship basically on the year before but this year like i said it was kind of uh they were going in a more different direction so kind of my my option was kind of laid out for me as as something new was on the horizon so um this year i took it uh very serious because i I felt something new was was coming and i kind of had to make a decision with my family and go through all the options um and speaking like options like obviously like i i gone through you know one free agency and you know i don't think 
nearly the level probably you, but just kind of speak to like, obviously you had that week with Patty, which you said like makes a big difference, kind of getting some really good in-depth conversations with it. But like take us through just kind of talking to other teams. Like obviously like kind of Dan, like Lomi, you said it, like it's, it's nice to be wanted till like, what's that saying you say, Lomi? Yeah, everybody <laughs> wants options until you got to make a choice. It's yeah. true. It's right? true. And then you're like, you feel bad about telling other people, no, just kind of take us through like that. that part yeah, that's probably the perfect quote. Like you, you get excited about all the options and, and the possibilities where you could end up. And then all of a sudden it's, it's the stress of, of talking to all these GMs and, um, basically talking numbers and, 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 and the stress adds up pretty quick, but it's a lot because you, it's not just, it's just not just the dollar amount and stuff like that. What it, it goes into the travel and, and practice time and what training camp looks like. So just diving into to different teams and kind of learning the whole, the whole song and dance with each organization. It's, it's, it's a lot and it's a lot to take in, in one day. And, like I said, that's why I think with San Diego, it kind of gave me time to kind of understand the organization a bit more and talk to different people in the organization and, and kind of get a feel for, for, for what that would be like. Were there, without saying it, were there any other teams maybe you were close to signing with other than San Diego? Like, was there anyone like, if San Diego was like your 1A, was there like a 1B that you're like, oh, this is pretty close, like going to do this? Yeah, definitely. I'm not going to lie. My head was spinning like that, that yeah. week. I was like, it, it was hard because there, there's so many competitive teams, obviously. So number one is I wanted to go to a team that was yeah. ready to win, obviously. And um, you take in the factor of coming back home closer to your family or, or, or still traveling. So my head was spinning. I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> I got off the phone the first day and I, I said to my wife, I'm like, I think I'm more confused than I was before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so That's tough. And it's, I, it's, it's, it's a funny thing. And obviously in other sports too, like, you know, other players and stuff like that, but it's like, I find thinking of lacrosse, it's like, you know, everybody, you either played with somebody who's a coach and a GM now. So you have personal relationships, with like all these people. And then it's like, you get to the position where you have to let the majority of them down. You can only pick one place. And I think that that's, that's probably just the way that we're kind of wired. It's like, it's a tough scenario for, for somebody to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You nailed it. Like, you know, all these, all these people, all these lacrosse people. So you're kind of, you don't want to let anyone down, but you also have to get all the information. And then I think on top of it, like the fact that I was with the rush for 11, 12 years, I'm a creature of habit. So I was just like, okay, this is what I know. This is what I'm comfortable with. So like, it was a big change for me. And I was just like, okay, I got to take my time here and kind of do what's right for me. And yeah, it, uh, it wasn't easy. Like I talked to other guys that were free agents, obviously like Dilksy this summer was, and Matt Beers was too. And we're just like, this is a lot because, uh, it's not an easy decision and it's a big decision that, uh, affects not only yourself, but now at, at our ages, our families too. Right. For sure. What uh, what was kind of like the deciding factor to choose San Diego? If you had to choose like one one thing, I would say just them being ready to win. Um, yeah. yeah, I I wanted to go to a team that I thought we could win right now. Obviously, um, obviously there's perks with San Diego too, with with family time and stuff like that. That 
we're going to take advantage of and try to spend some time there and mostly to limit the travel, right? Like <laughs> if, if I'm going back and forward every weekend for five hours, it can, it could add up. But uh, I think when we have some, some back-to-back home games or something like that, we might try to spend some, some time there. So just, yeah, just kind of those two big things, but, um, and obviously like the organization, like, like I said, that, that week I got to talk to them, I talked to Steve Govid and, and, uh, obviously Patty and all the coaching staff and, and some players as well. And it just kind of put me over the edge to, to choose San Diego. And the, the sound of the, the sound of the Brinks truck backing up into your driveway probably, <laughs> uh, probably helped you. <laughs> That's always a factor. That's a factor. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Um, what, uh, so we, again, we've had you for a while here, but, um, just Donnie's got a good question in, that he put into, uh, into these show notes, but, um, for you, if you think back on, on all the time that you've played and, and maybe both, you know, summer and, um, the NLL as well, like, is there someone that pops into your mind that, you know, a certain series or, or just every time you played against a certain person was just like the hardest guy for you to guard? Yeah, there's definitely a few that pop in my mind. Like talking about those junior days when we lost the the Minto Cup, we played Orangeville. I was talking to someone about it the other day. We played Orangeville that summer 13 times. Oh, so we had, God. yeah, we had a home and home, and then we had a best of seven that we were up three nothing on in the Ontario Finals and lost, and then the round robin game of the the Minto, and then the three game series in the in the Minto Cup Finals. So long way to answer your question it would be adam jones that year i don't think i've seen i don't think i ever played against someone that dominant that year um jonesy was he was a a pain to cover that year and it was back when you uh there was no shot clock too for the ragging the ball in the pk and you just could not get it out of stick i remember like me corbs were like all over him trying to get the ball out of his stick and like it just wouldn't budge so like him, him, and Junior A, he was probably probably the top player I remember in Junior A, and and obviously Cody, me and Cody have had so many battles over the years. Where he's an '87, I'm an '88, so we played against each other all the way up, and so many battles, and it was kind of cool getting to play with him this year. We've we've always been against each other, but playing together for Six Nations and and winning a a Man Cup together, at the end of it, we we're just like. It's a lot better being on the same on the same side than than going against each other. And then uh, obviously, the last person that kind of pops to mind would be Junior. Just, just from uh, physical battles, that's a lot of meat on meat. Yeah, that's a little, that's two big boys. Just yeah, when he was playing for Colorado and we were with I was with the Rush, like we played them two three times every year, and I was always matched up against him and he's not fun to cover everyone knows that just with his stick skills and and the size and his shot so yeah those three guys kind of kind of pop into my head first that's awesome man is there and now i guess like counterpoint to that is there i mean i guess kind of along the same same lines but um is there a guy that maybe doesn't have the biggest name but like every time you're you're playing um in a game or whatever it's like you're getting frustrated by something somebody's doing or just a guy that's hard to play against that people may not think of yeah i would say there's definitely a few like i I like getting the guys that are uh, bigger bodies obviously you can kind of get my body on them so i'm just trying to think of like i remember like kyle buchanan like playing against him i I, i'm like 
get, get him away from me. Like he's just a water bug and he, he's just so shifty. And I'm just like, I, I will stay away from that side of the floor. You guys, you guys cover him. So he's one guy that kind of pops into mind. And uh, Dix is another guy. Dix, all those years in Calgary, like you just can't stop him. He, once he gets going, the ball's not coming out of a stick. So uh, those two guys are kind of, they pop up first. Um yeah, I'd say those two guys. But yeah, any any like smaller guys that are super shifty or just like <laughs> chasing them around the floor. That's still my favorite. Uh Danny Mac was Danny Mac had a funny little joke about uh Tony Tony Malcolm was Donnie, your teammate down there, but he said he's I think it was six six, seven years he still didn't land a cross check on him. The guy was just buzzing <laughs> around nonstop. Yeah, he's another one like playing against him this uh this summer against New West in the man uh, cup final. Like he is he is shifty. He's yeah, he's he's a good player too. Yeah, Will uh Tony and Will both, but Will's got the best feed I've ever seen. Um he scored goals. Last yeah, Andy, year. Andy's quick. You fucking sick bastard. You like <laughs> oh, come on. You're the sick bastard there. That was not a fucking word. He's got one unbelievable feat, and he's very quick. He's super quick. Yeah, he's super quick. <laughs> Fuck off. That's, that's funny. Um, a couple more here, then we'll let you go, man. This, is, this has been great, but. Um, just to tie everything back to San Diego, like kind of what are you most excited about going there? Like yeah, just, season and just like in general. Yeah, just the opportunity to win. Like I kind of said, I know it's cliche, but I, I've never played with, with guys like Dixon and, and Dobes and well, like Team Canada, but not in the NLL. Um, never like for a full season type thing and like Bergy and just a bunch of young guys too that are ready to take a jump. Like we got, we got a young, young D core and like Shumay and Danny Logan. And then we got like Trev Baptiste who I've never played with um, Riggs and net. Who's this young stud. He's only, I think he's a 2002, like, like crazy. I was just like, so you like you weren't born when 9-11 happened eh? i'm like yeah i was i was going i, I was going into high school watching that yeah but uh no i'm just excited to play with a bunch of these guys that are that are uh i've never played with and ready to in my opinion take uh, the next jump in this league and we got a lot of talent i just uh i just hope we can put it all together and, and make a run at it 100 percent. and then our, our last one kind of we end with everyone Obviously, you've made number four pretty famous. Where where did that come from? Yeah, I was always number eight in Brampton Minor Lacrosse growing up, and then uh, it's obviously retired by John McCauley. So I remember, I think, Paul, you might have been playing still for Brampton, but I got called up one, one game, and uh, Gary Walker, actually, who was my minor coach for, for years growing up, he was, uh, he was a coach. Yeah. <laughs> G walks. Yeah. He, he, he was a coach for the Brampton team and he was like, Hey, no one's wearing four. And that was my number. So maybe it'll give you some luck. And he just kind of gave it to me as a call up and I kind of stuck until, um, my first year in, in Edmonton, I was 48. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Scott Tinning had number four, so I chose forty-eight. So I was forty-eight for one year in Edmonton, but uh, every other year I've been number four. And luckily enough, uh, uh, Brad's this year. Bradley, uh, he gave me. He was number four last year, so he switched to fifteen. And 
<laughs> kind of sucked. He was 44 the year before, and then Dobes went. So he had to give up his number twice. But uh, oh, that's boy. a good, good, good team guy right there. No, no dinner, no nothing. Nothing on the table. He just gave it to you. Uh, yeah, nothing. He he kind of just did it. Uh, I think Patty kind of called him. He's like, <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was putting it politely. Yeah, yeah, I, th- was, I don't think he was voluntold to give up his jersey. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Yeah. But he's like, I like fifteen. It's it's a good number. So I, I do appreciate yeah. that from him. But uh, yeah, maybe I'll get him. Uh, I'll pay for his next dinner bill or something like that. Yeah, maybe maybe somewhere on the road that's a little cheaper though. You don't have to get him a San Diego dinner. You can get him like a go to a cactus club or something. But keep it to the appetizers, buddy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, crazy. my dad was joking. He's like, "Well, don't the, all the NHL players get guys Rolexes or something?" I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> maybe I'll get him like a Timex or something." Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that would be so funny. <laughs> yeah, here's a Timex watch. <laughs> it's digital though, man. It, you don't have to read the the dials. It's digital, so, yeah. so read. <laughs> it's yeah, like it's like Michael Scott getting the the laptop batteries. <laughs> like here's a new yeah. band for Apple Watch. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get him an accessory for something he's already got. That's <laughs> yeah, I yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I don't. You guys got anything else before uh, before we let Rubes go? No, man, this was great, buddy. Long again, long overdue, man. Appreciate you hopping on and uh, getting hell of a career, and it's it's still going, man. It's all the best in in San Diego, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see that we're all we'll all be seeing each other this year, man. So all the best, yeah, awesome guys. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, man. man. Good luck. With yeah, you. anytime. Yeah, thanks, boys. Have a good uh, have a good season to all of you. All right, we're back. What an interview with Rubes there. That was awesome. You mentioned it, but crazy memory he was we've said this before with guests but it's like they know what our show notes are he's like reading out the exact record of the team and everything and when guys came in and all this stuff it was uh really cool really good guy uh, a little too much dylan evans talk for me but uh <laughs> that's uh that's neither here nor there but um yeah really good chat um i think the other thing too we want to give a shout out donnie mentioned it but just to everybody that's listening um we were tagged in a few different of those like spotify wrapped it was that spotify rap day where um it kind of gives you all the stats and there's a lot of people putting stuff out the one thing i was laughing i was didn't even like realize that we got tagged by one guy and just asked for some merch and i said we'd get a merch in three to four years um he listened for thirty-five thousand minutes <laughs> that is 24 days of listening to us that's more that's more minutes than episodes we've put out. So he's re-listening to episodes, which uh, which is kind of funny too. So appreciate you dealing with our voices. Um, hopefully made, made drives a little better. And um, more than anything, our goal is to just get guys' personalities out there, get their stories out there so that um, when you're watching a game and you see them play, you can kind of feel like you you know them a little bit um, and you can relate to them. So um that it's really, really kind of cool. And I think, you know, for us, we get the same, we get some stats too, and we'll put it out there, but it was uh, pretty cool to see the growth over year over year. And that there is, uh, you know, all these hours we're putting into this really do uh, really do kind of pan out and, and they're making a difference. So we appreciate everybody. Yep. No doubt. Um, just a, a few notes on the Rubish uh, interview. It is crazy. I actually have the notes uh, pulled up here from when we did it. It is crazy how fast that SAS team kind of came together. Uh, having Dilks, Rubish, Corbeil, Jeff Cornwall come in the same year, uh, Matthews and Knight the year after that, Church and Soriketti the year after that. So, and then McIntosh after that. So it just like came together really quick, um, which I just thought is is interesting and, and kind of crazy. And then, um, 
my new goal in lacrosse is to have at the end of my career to have someone say talk about a game or a period of time and say that was when donnie was doing his thing because we've had a that couple guys sick. come on recently and uh, i think like it was steinhouse and and jt and, and they go that was when jt was doing his thing that i think that's pretty badass um yeah we've had that they, we've had that a few times recently so that's the goal that's the goal now is to to reach a level where at some point someone says i was, I was doing my thing Mine's gonna be. They're just gonna be like talking about how they were warming up for the game, and I had the and I had the aux cord, and they'll be like, "Yeah, like and Lomas was doing his thing on the tunes." Um, hey, whatever, so whatever it means to you, whatever it means listen, to you. And and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you pick, but what what you kind of pick and then understand what you can be great at. You stick to that, and you and you master your craft. And um, I'm you know working. Th- we're working through some kinks. In the in with the music department, I wasn't ready for a sono speaker. I don't want to be excuses, not an excuses guy, but uh, we're gonna figure out a way to get my uh, my mixes going again in the rock, so locker room this weekend. You're already on the. You took over the office. Stepped in and took it. Took it over. Nice. nice. It's the best. It's the best way to to try to not get released from a team is to like have some sort of a uh, a thing that you have to actually be required to do. So. Like, like um, it, yeah, I would. I would have. <laughs> yeah, I would have. Uh, I would have George Costanza. Uh, I would have George Costanza them anyway. Even if if they just decided I wasn't ready to make the team, I would have kept showing up and playing the tunes in the room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, I guess you know we're going into the first weekend here. We got um, you, hopefully you guys are going to listen to this on Friday. Um, you know we we'll have games tonight. There's opening uh, opening night a couple games. Um, obviously with Donnie being in one of them, and then I think uh, I think there's a Halifax game as well. Halifax at uh, seven. Yep. Um, so yeah, hopefully you enjoy those, uh, tune into ESPN plus TSN, TSN plus, whatever the hell you watch things on, um, make sure you're watching those games. That's the best way to make this thing grow. Tell a friend about it, put it on at a house party, whatever, have it on in the background and ask, make somebody ask about it. Then you'll be able to maybe give a fun fact about a player out there. Um, then you can, show, you can show a screenshot of me with my Arizona sting Jersey. Yeah. 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 Oh, Donnie, you mean the guy that's got that little child's jersey in the room? <laughs> uh, but yeah, is that is that pretty much do it for this week, I think? Yeah, I'm good. Good 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 God, I should get off the airways right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it looks like you're the one that's eating the Czech caffeine bubblegum over there. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just fired up. Uh, I love it. I love it. So excited for this weekend. Okay, man. Well, again, we appreciate everybody for listening. Um we're uh, we're gonna keep this thing going into the season, um, and, and keep having guys come in and um, and talk to you guys about kind of what's going on and just life as as it goes in season and balancing everything. So, um, strap in, folks! It's gonna be a fantastic year. Looking forward to it. Watch those games, and we'll talk to you next week. Peace.